Welcome to the All About Digital Marketing podcast. The show all about digital marketing, digital marketing, digital marketing, digital marketing. Brought to you by Socialink, a digital marketing agency specializing in social media and content marketing for brave brands and forward thinking SMEs. I'm your host, Chris Bruno. And as always, we're here to bring you the most actionable tips, tricks, tools, and insights to help you achieve more when it comes to your digital marketing. Subscribe to the show and be sure to share with a friend if you found something useful or interesting. You can find all the show notes and more information on www.allaboutdigitalmarketing.co.uk. Diana, thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, Chris, how are you guys? I'm very good. I'm looking forward to this conversation because we met very recently through, mm-hmm. I believe it was Anton, which was because of me being on the podcast with uh, Jason. <laughs> and we've ended up working again a bit together recently on uh, SEO, in particular with the SEMrush tool. But we were talking during one of those calls and we said, we should definitely do a podcast episode. <laughs> And here we are. <laughs> I love it. I think it's great. Yeah, so we, it works out really well. And we've even decided a topic today as well. <laughs> <laughs> For I everyone mean, listening, going, yes. We can keep going about what we were talking about before we can talk about, you know, <laughs> the conundrums of podcasting recording tools and... <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So for anyone listening who thought this was a really well-organized and well-managed and uh, uh, and set-up podcast, um, there you have it. No, we decided on the topic today whilst uh, preparing on a brand new software that we're not sure how it's going to work. So fingers crossed, if you're watching the video, you can see fingers crossed. Um, we're going to be fine. This is going to be great. <laughs> Good thing you're a seasoned pro at this, right? <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> um Okay, cool. So we are going to talk about brand SERPs today. But before we get into all of that, can you tell everyone a little bit about what you do now, but also what you used to do uh, and how you ended up where you are now? Yeah, so we're actually talking about SERP features today, not branded SERP. I think you're channeling Jason there on branded SERP. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, Jason. So, yeah, he's the he's the branded SERP master, so... <laughs> um, yeah, so I have been a digital marketer since 2006. I've been doing it for a really long time. I learned SEO and PPC from the ground up with um, a very niche uh, group of clients. So I worked in an agency uh, setting, um, although it was for a very big corporation, but I kind of functioned as like an agency within the corporation. And um, I, I worked there for 12 years. It was great. I headed up the whole team, the whole search engine marketing team. Um, we grew as Google and Bing grew and evolved as they evolved and uh, used SEMrush uh, at when SEMrush came around. And so when I left that company, I moved to a boutique uh, brand agency of seven people. We had an office cat. It was really fun. And I learned so much about more like more social media, more email funnels, more storytelling, more branding, what goes into a logo design and all sorts of fantastic, really cool marketing skills that I'm really, really grateful for. And, you know, found like a work family that I still 
part of my, you know, my day to day now. And so, um, I had to leave them though, because my boyfriend and I decided to move to Texas during the pandemic and I needed a remote job. So I had, again, I was a big fan of SEMrush already as a digital marketer and had connected with, um, a few of the people there. And one day I was talking to them and they said, Hey, we are looking for a social media manager who has an SEO background. And I said, hello. <laughs> and suffice it to say, I was hired. <laughs> so Perfect. here we are today. <laughs> That's the way to do it. I like it. Um, so for anyone who doesn't know SEMrush, do you want to give them a little intro? I've We've talked to a couple of people already from SEMrush in the past. Mm-hmm. So Olga Andrienko, I believe as well. Yes. Um, Olga's great. But Olga was part of my interview to get my job. So, <laughs> oh, fantastic. Um, yeah. So, basically, so what is SEMrush for somebody who doesn't know? And what's the best way to describe it? I love SEMrush for its workflow. I call it a workflow tool. But really, if you are a digital marketer and you're tackling all aspects of SEO, if you're dabbling in social media, PPC, um, competitor research, content writing, something you and I went over in pretty good detail. Chris was like the content piece of SEMrush. All of that is in one tool. You can eliminate like 1700 other tabs on your computer because all you need is the SEMrush tab. And what is fantastic about it too is our, as our product developers and they have a lot of, they know SEO, they know digital marketing and they know data visualization. And I think the visualization of the data is a huge asset that we have over some of the other tools you can choose from. And I love the fact that we develop things in a workflow space. So you are like the best person to test this tool with because you just kept clicking on stuff. (laughs) And you were like, what does this do, Diana? And I was like, I don't know, click it. (laughs) And we found out like five new things together. And so I love that about the tool too, because it's really intuitive and they understand and the tool understands that tasks in our day-to-day life aren't one-offs. Keyword research isn't just a one thing you do. It then leads to your content optimization. It then leads to what you track for your rankings. It then leads to other things. And all of that flows within the tool itself. So that's how I found strong use from it when I when I was as a digital marketer, um, is that I didn't need I didn't even need Google Analytics open. Google Analytics integrates with SEMrush. So like you just have everything kind of in one place. And I actually wish I had known more about SEMrush when I was a digital marketer, when I was using it for SEO, because since I'm being on this end of it, I have found and learned a lot more. (laughs) It's a crazy tool, though, because as you originally open it or initially open it, and we did this the other day on a call live sort of thing, and I was looking and I was just like that. Oh, my God, another tool to learn. And it's... (laughs) It looks like it's just, you know, it it does a bit of everything and there's stuff everywhere. And oh my God, how does this work? And I think it was interesting because I kind of, I won't lie. I struggled a little bit at first, right? You set up the project and then you're just constantly trying to link it to all the different aspects. But at that moment, you kind of click exactly what you've just said. So by the time you've linked it to your Google Analytics, but it's also linked to uh, your social channels, and then it's also linking to Google Search Console, and then it's also linking, and you're like that, Jesus, actually, wow, how many screens do I need to actually be looking at usually, as opposed to now I'm kind of looking at it all under one dashboard, and not just under one dashboard, but in a really nice, fairly simple way in terms of everything is broken down nicely, and I've now had it set up for 
I think it's about a week since we uh, we spoke last, mm-hmm. um, but I've now kind of got multiple reports that have run. So you start to see that data visualization of, you know, these were how many problems I had. And I'm going to focus on that a lot today, but <laughs> how many problems we have. <laughs> and slowly that list is coming down bit by bit. I know. I love that because clearly our team has thought about the agency side and how we communicate what we've actually done to a website, because like from the SEO perspective, sometimes it's really hard to communicate to a client or to your C-suite. Like, what have you actually done to the website? Like if you're looking outside of rankings, like what else have you done? And our our development team is really smart about being able to visualize that in a way that you can look at a a progress graph. (laughs) Like, I mean, everyone can understand like a progress graph. So I, I love the, the way they think about things and those those nuances inside the tool. And um, I when I was pulling reports for clients, I would literally just take a screenshot and be like, here's what I did for you. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I don't blame I you as well. It. it wasn't jargon. It wasn't complicated. And our team does a really, really great job of, of communicating visually, I think. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Um, okay, so... We kind of said before we clicked the record button that we weren't just going to talk about SEMrush. Um, and this isn't a sponsored podcast or anything like that uh, yet. <clears throat> hint, hint, yet. <clears throat> Feel free, SEMrush. Um, and uh, But we are going to talk about SERP features, not brand SERP. I got that one wrong. And again, that is Jason. He's in my head all the time as he uh, showed me the example of how I don't show up at all for my name as a brand SERP. So I was rather upset. But there's an actor who's has front and center and he's beaten me to it. But what are SERP features for those people who don't really know, or they've heard a little bit about this, or they've heard the term banded mm-hmm. around, but they don't actually know what a SERP feature is. So the, well, the, SERP, the acronym SERP stands for search engine results page. So you do a Google search, everything that comes to your face, that is the SERP, right? Um, so that's much faster than saying search engine results page 600 times. So we call it the SERP. A SERP feature is everything on the the resulting page except the organic links and the paid ads. Everything else, the map, the Jason Bernard panel on the right-hand side, <laughs> the quick answer um, at, the, at the top, the people also ask, those are all SERP features. So they're enhancements that Google in particular has gotten very good at recently for including. And I think it's, We've seen, we've seen, Chris, you've seen, Google is trying to keep you on Google as much as they can because they know that that's where they make their money. I mean, let's be honest. And um, and although they still want to be effective for the sites that are part of the Google network. the um, So what they've done is they, and they've also done, a, I think, a really smart job with instant things like your flight information. So if you've booked, if you have a Gmail account and you've booked a flight and Expedia has your flight information in your email, all you have to do is Google like your flight number and it tells you what gate, what are, you know, so Google's done a really great job of becoming the resource as opposed to pointing you to 10 or more other resources. So that's why I wanted to talk about SERP features today because, you know, we were, before we got on the chat, you were saying like, we still, we get the question a lot, like, how do you become number one on Google? And the SERP features offer you an opportunity to be more than just number one. And if you aren't number one, it still gives you this really great way of being present on the first page of Google without that stupid battle to be number one or number three, even top three is really where you want to be at. But 
The CERB features are a fantastic opportunity outside of that. Um, so there's ways to capitalize on the first page of Google without that battle. So let's help people then as much as we can on this call. And how how do people make sure that they're being found? I guess, I'm guessing that's how it still works as well. But how do we get them to be found <laughs> for those particular features, for like the frequently asked questions or, you know, those nowadays it's everything, right? You get video clips as well that mm-hmm. kind of get thrown into the search results from YouTube. How can people make sure that their content is being found for those particular features? Well, you have to have it, first of all. If you don't have video content, <laughs> there's nothing for it to there's nothing for Google to pull from. So keep in mind too, Google is still quite simple. Google is a you know, it seeks and it pulls. And that's that's all it's ever done. That's all it ever is going to be. It's gotten much smarter in how it categorizes and ranks things and what it deems as this, but Google is a bot that crawls your content and regurgitates it. So if it's not there, if your keyword isn't there, you're not going to be present. So, you know, showing up in the image section or the video section, make sure you're including really interesting and engaging multimedia in your content, in your blog posts, in your homepage, in your service page. You know, you've got a lot of surface area with your website and extras. You also have, you know, we see tweets in this in the SERP results. That's considered a SERP feature too. So make sure you're also present in social media. It's another area that I love talking about. But a lot of it, I think a lot of the SERP features have to do around you know, like content format too. So one of the featured snippets is the so the featured snippet again is like that top box at the very uh, sometimes it's above the paid ads too. And you'll see it, it'll pull like you know, three or four sentences, it'll pull bullet points, it'll pull steps, but it's typically an answer to a question. So to give yourself a leg up, make sure you're answering questions um, in your content. And you can do it in the form of an FAQ page, although don't put 1700 questions on an FAQ page, keep it to like your top 10. Or write, that can be a fantastic topic for a new piece of content, for your next blog post, for your next white paper. Like, answer a question that people are asking about or that you hear very frequently. Chris, I want you to write one. How do I rank number one in Google? Write about it. (laughs) Please share all your secrets. (laughs) And I would come first for that straight away just by writing that article. Um, That that is a question that loads of people ask. And it's it's remarkably frustrating if you've been in the digital marketing side or if you've been on the agency side when you're talking to a client and trying to explain all right well you know how long's a piece of string how much time do we have how much budget can we throw at this these things take time and just like everything else that i've figured out in life so far without putting in a ton of effort you don't actually end up first at anything in life like that's just ultimately the way it goes right so it should it's be the title of your book well that way <laughs> Probably be the title of my obituary. Um, the, uh, the, uh, the the reality is that though, and it's it's like everything else. It's the same with social media. You mentioned social, and obviously we both love social media. I've been really bad this last month. Things have been crazy busy for me, one thing or other, and I'm just physically not in, as involved. I haven't had enough time to be able to be as involved as I usually am. But the result, the result is, you know, my social media and the number of impressions that my content's getting and everything else obviously has gone down because I'm not putting out as much and everything else. But the same thing is true for companies. 
if you're out there, if you're getting involved in conversations, if you're part of something bigger than just yourself and you're building something bigger than just your brand or your product or your services, and you're actually involved in that community, social media brings huge results. But when people say to me, you know, how do I get more leads from social media? I say, well, talk to people. And they kind of look at you as if to say, oh, for God's sakes, like, don't you have the magic button that you can press and just make this happen? And you're like, that doesn't exist. If you want social media to work, the clue is in the title. It's social. You've got to put the social back into social media. We all have to do it. But I think it's true for pretty much all of these aspects. And this is where, you know, you've mentioned there, start answering questions and make it as part of your content, right? So you could have the top 10 questions and you could just answer those in a great blog with a video that goes with it, with some tweets around it, and even finding other tweets as well that you can reference or whatever you want for your content. And suddenly you've got a really good piece of content that addresses that particular issue. Now the question is going to be that people are going to be asking is, how do I find those questions? What questions should I be answering? (laughs) And that's a great plug for SEMrush (laughs) because we have a tool for that. Again, sponsorship would be loved. We'd be loved. (laughs) Uh, Well, Um, one of my favorite tools, and I... You and I talked about this when we were going through the tool, actually. So I start my keyword research process by researching topics first. I don't start with, you know, the the keyword magic tool, which is the primary keyword research functionality in SEMrush. I start with our topic research tool. And I do that because you find these subcategories related to your primary keyword or your seed keyword or your topic or whatever. But then you also see the questions that people are Googling, like right there out in front of you. And you can you can research the who, what, where, when. You can decide like what kind of question you want to look at. But that, and when we talk about user experience too, when someone is, someone's on your website because they have a question. Someone's on your website because they are information seeking. And you can help them along that journey by answering those top questions and leading them through your site in that experiential way. And that also gives you an edge in and puts you in a strong place for capturing a SERP feature. Um, you know, that's how you, that's how you kind of combine the two. And we're seeing that a lot with SEO now, right now is combining the search engine optimization with the people optimization and creating this fabulous experience that will get you further. And because it isn't, it's not enough to just have a website now. Everyone has a website now. So it's kind of finding these little nuanced pieces where you can give your customer the best experience, but then get get that leg up in, in these SERP features to get that brand exposure and to get that extra click. And even if you're not even if you're on the second page, like you can still show up in the map pack and be on the first page that in that way. You know, so, and then that is helpful to the person doing the search too. So then Google wins. (laughs) Everybody wins. But I think that's the interesting part, right? Because SEO was often, often misunderstood as being, you know, keyword stuffing or, you know, I've, I've, I've got those keywords in my, my website and I can still remember even like up to about a year and a half ago, taking over a new client or a new client for us, but their website or whatever, and finding that you know, their homepage had a 60 web, uh, 60 keywords bolted into the metadata. And you're like that. What was the plan here, guys? Like somebody yeah. talked me through it. Well, we wanted to rank for all of those terms. You're like that. Okay. Yeah. Like, you we'll remember re- keyword density? Did you ever evaluate yeah, pages yeah. for keyword density? <laughs> yeah. And it's, and it's stuff like that where people would be, you know, I've written that keyword 922 times out of yeah. the thousand words that I wrote. And you're like that. Well, great. This is going to work really well. But the thing is, the reality is that there's a lot 
there's a lot of nuance to it as well. And when we talk about it, you, you're right, right? Everyone does have a website. Everyone can create a blog. Everyone can write content, etc. And it's not always easy. Like I'm the first to admit as well. Uh, again, you know, when you haven't got the time, you haven't spent a bit of time sort of looking for ideas and everything else. And just to prove that this isn't a SEMrush sponsored one for, for the questions when you're looking for things to answer, there's also Ask the Public. Uh, I think the mm-hmm. website's called, that has got kind of a nice graphical representation of it as well, but it'll just mm-hmm. give you a chance to, to identify what some of those questions could be. Um, and again, I you think this is a really use, good place. You can also use the cert feature, the people, all, the people also ask section. That's a terrific resource. And that's based, you know, that's based on Google data. So you can use a cert feature to help fuel your content strategy too. <laughs> there you go. Google the, uh, the term and then look for the, uh, people also ask. Um, the, the thing is like, mm-hmm. I, I do think that a lot of people struggle with this because they potentially think it's a lot more technical than it actually is. And at the same time, it's probably slightly more technical than other people think it is, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, yeah, technical absolutely plays into it, but you, and you have to, and you have to keep your eyes on the technical side. And I, I struggled with that, like as an SEO, because the technical side is kind of out of sight, out of mind sometimes, because you're not necessarily always looking at which, what error codes are getting pinged or what, how fast your site is, or, you know, the millions of other, <laughs> what, the, what the JavaScript looks like, you know, we're not always looking at that because that's not the front end of the site. And uh, so but you do, I mean, you do need a technical aspect. And I think the technical piece is coming, is wrapping back into the user experience piece. And I use this a lot and bless their hearts. They're going to hate me, but I, I harp on the recipe industry, the recipe website industry a lot because I cook and I look up recipes online all the time and their user experience nine and a half times out of 10 is awful. And like you end up actually, you know, accidentally clicking on their video and I get, you know, the story about why your grandmother can't eat pasta. And I just want to know how to make zucchini noodles. <laughs> like, <laughs> And so that is so don't be that. God bless them for their great content producers. But, um, you know, that, those user experiences really stand out and it's something that you dread. So just don't be that. And if you're, if you're wondering if you are that, have someone test it. Have your niece or nephew who is between the ages of 11 and 18 go through your website and, and see if they enjoy it. See if it, if they could figure it out. See if there was any hurdles. Do some user testing and, you know, there are tools that can produce the errors that are going on it, but honestly, they're not the ones going to convert for you. Like SEMrush isn't your customer. Like your customers are your customers. So make sure you're building a site that is, um, you know, amenable to them and the other stuff can come later because you need to run a business and <laughs> well, it's, not it's an interesting. <laughs> but, but it's interesting because when you mention it like that, it, it sounds ridiculous, but actually go back to the simplest version of something is often really, really key. And we've had these conversations time and time again, where clients will tell me that, no, their product needs lots of technical information and a description and then the blah, blah, blah. And then you're still trying to go back to the basics. And I'm like that, look at Amazon. And they're like that. Yeah, but we're not Amazon. You're like that. No, you're not. And you won't get there either by carrying on like this. Like look at Amazon. There's the headline details of a product with the option to buy now. 
if you actually want to find the detailed product information, you scroll way down. In fact, you see other products before you see the technical description of that particular product that you're looking at. And it's the Mm -hmm. same thing with reviews and everything else. And people often don't realize this, but there's a huge amount of, you know, clues out there. Look at the big boys, look at how people present information, look at how people present their blog articles even, or anything else, but you will find it. You mentioned the recipe thing, and it's something that drives me nuts usually because I will look at them on my phone whilst cooking because it's just easy. And you basically get to the point where you've got, well, the ingredients, you have to click on this tiny little tab, which flicks between what, okay, so now I can see the ingredients, but then for the instructions on how to cook this and prepare it, you've got to go back to another tab and then you're sort of (laughs) scrolling down. And I get the whole monetization of content heavy websites. I've been there. I've done that. Yes. But literally then you've got a barrage of like videos or adverts and little spaces. And basically if you touch anything other than the exact middle point of the screen to scroll down to see the next instruction, you're now off on a different website and the experience is horrible. And that's and one of the key things. <laughs> and yeah, and there is no dinner. You're calling for takeaway pizza. Um, but the thing is, and it, it's a hard one, but again, if you go back to the basics of displaying things as cleanly, as simply as possible sometimes, and then you can always build on that again afterwards and add an advert or add a call to action that you want to add to your content. But especially for content that you're trying to get to rank, you really want to make it as, as far as I'm understanding anyway, you want to make it as clean and nice and accessible as possible so that when people are going to it, the same as when Google goes to it, it recognizes that that's the case. And and it helps to define things for Google. So, you know, using uh, structured data markup and schema to identify the key pieces using using your age tags and you know using clean code and strong code comes into play because and that's going back to the technical side of where this is this balance of technical side but Google is this bot and it crawls code and if your code is junky or if you know things are buried and there's I mean when I oh gosh when I haven't thought about this in a long time but when I was first working with websites our clients would copy and paste from a word doc and like Microsoft Office code would end up getting into you know the WYSIWYG editor would end up getting put into the uh, content widget to build the site and I learned I learned very quickly how to read HTML because I because I had to pull out the Microsoft Office junk. And, you know, so making sure that it's clean because that's how that is how the bot can get to it more accessibly Um, and making sure it's quick and prioritized. And that's that's honestly, from a technical standpoint, I think one of the best things you can do for your site is just making sure it's clean and um, compressed when where you can, but making sure you don't have gunk and junk and, you know, things like, oh, there's so much bad code out there. It's hard to articulate it if you've never seen it, but. <laughs> no, I, I understand. Um, but for most people, if you're using something like a WordPress or a Squarespace yeah, and everything you should else. Yeah, you be good to go. If you're, but I will say, if you write your content in like a Google Doc or a Word Doc, make sure you put it into like Notepad and clean it. Make sure you, when you paste it into even WordPress, which I think WordPress even will do like a HTML code cleanup. Um, or Wix or whatever you're using, just make sure you're copying clean from like a notepad from something like that. Cause there's, cause I, I write copy in a Google doc because I have, you know, Grammarly and I check for spelling mistakes and things like that. But with you on then, that. yeah, but then I copy and paste it into text edit cause I'm on a Mac and I make sure it's clean HTML. So 
So um, I, I usually actually, so this is my, my magic tip for today. So I'm on a Mac as well. Uh, so it's shift option, command paste, mm, which is your and that's, paste and that's without perfect. formatting. So it basically gets rid of that. So that's my little, there you go. See my little There's tip for the day. Tip. <laughs> paste, paste without formatting is your friend when it comes to all things online, because yes. everything else gets so janky otherwise, and it will pick up that there's a H1 tag and suddenly it's put everything into a H1. So suddenly you've got, you know, everything's right. gone wrong and you're just looking at it going, this is a pain. So command <laughs> shift, shift option, command paste. I think it is V, um, <laughs> but that works really well. But again, it's one of those things. And I think this is key for everyone as well. One really good tip for that. Second thing is, only install plugins that you really actually need and only install plugins that are verified stroke, have a good user base that that actually look like they work for other people. Because a lot of people don't realize this. The more you add to WordPress, mm-hmm. the chunkier and clunkier it gets. And usually mm-hmm. it's not optimized to have all these various different features and tool sets and plugins and everything else trying to work together. And each one has its own little variation and adds a little bit here and a little bit there. And before you realize it, it's very hard to actually get your page speeds up or, or anything else like those technical aspects. And you've got long CSS, horrible JavaScript, Mm -hmm. page rendering times take ages and you're suddenly screwed and you have to basically go back to the, to the drawing board to try and fix it. Yeah. They also break and need maintenance. So the the fewer you have, the less you have to keep tabs on that. So, okay, back to SERP features. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Was a <laughs> I was enjoying that. Um, uh, okay, fine. Fine. SERP features. <laughs> SERP features, fine. Uh, okay, actually, so you did mention something, and I did want to pick up on this. You talked about it as um, schema or mm-hmm. uh, markup. How did you say it? Standard markup? <laughs> Structured markup data. Structured markup data. Um, how do people do that? So let's take the example of, you know, you're in a WordPress website. How do you actually identify certain parts of your content in that blog that you would like Google to crawl and think, oh, that could be a really good piece for this? Yeah. So their schema.org is um, like a universal language that the... Um, believe the search engines kind of came together on and developed it, but you can go to schema.org and it's a website and you'll get there's tags. So it is, it requires you to tag content in the HTML code in and of itself. Um, but it helps identify things like address and authorship. So we talked like authorship was like a big thing, like three or four years ago. And this was, and kind of, I think brought structured markup um, and schema to the forefront of the conversation because uh, because of authorship and like the prominence of online blogs and things like that. And so that's where that kind of conversation started. But yeah, that's how you identify your address. That's how you can like hreflang. So hreflang is how you identify what language your website is in. That's part of schema markup if you're working on international SEO. Uh, so it's all great ways to, it goes beyond like meta tag markup, like like the h tags and your title and your description. It kind of goes a step further to say, this is my name. This is where my business is located. This is a, this is a question. So they have FAQ markup. Um, so you can clearly identify in your backend code, which again is what Google is reading as a question and an answer as directions, or I mean, as an address and things like that. So it's just another strong way to communicate your information clearly 
in a clean way because it's a tag. So there's no JavaScript. There's no like gunk happening there. It's, you know, very clean also, but it's just one other way to kind of make that piece stronger and easier for the search engines to connect the dots. And that's one of the key things there that a lot of people don't realize. So you've written your piece of content and it's a great piece of content, right? We all like our own writing most of the time. Um, but once you've got that, there's obviously a little bit more to it to make sure that Google recognizes that as a piece of content about a particular subject. And this kind of brings us, and I know I'm probably dis- detracting a little bit from your SERP features, but uh, again, um, but this is where we go into things like backlinks and trying to increase your domain authority or a page authority for a particular uh, piece of content. So what are some of the best ways that you know of to, to be able to actually help? And especially for small businesses, how can they kind of help themselves to get some more backlinks and to build on that? And don't mention the SEMrush tool that does this, but there's... Um... No, I have a pro tip outside of SEMrush. <laughs> That's what I wanted to hear. Yes, yes. And I love this question too, because uh, my heart is with small businesses. Uh, that's who I've worked with for like 90% of my career. And you, and so my pro tip for content. So first of all, I want you to think of when you're optimizing your content, it's going beyond the keywords and adding internal links, adding age tags. Think about the schema markup as part of your SEO. Um, you know, you're not just done when you put in your keywords and you've ha- added a couple internal links. Make sure you are going in and adding um, the markup where you can. The other pro tip is start quoting other people in your industry, in your content, because that will draw them in when you share it. It also helps build authoritative ship because you are quoting someone related to your industry. Now, make sure they're relevant, just like your backlinks. Make sure they're relevant. Um you don't need to quote Elon Musk if you're not writing about SNL or the rocket ship he's going to do. You don't need to, you know, you don't need to quote those types of people. You can quote um, other people, specifically ones that are really related to your niche that do maybe, maybe they show up and they, they have branded SERP results. Quote those people and then tag them on social media when you share your content. Get them involved in, in the in the conversation and bring them into your community to make them aware of you. And so that ties into social media as well. Like you're creating this piece on your website, but social media is going to be such a strong uh, tool for you to use to get that content more exposure that it will help in turn get backlinks too. We don't backlink, like back links from social media don't carry the weight that a follow uh, backlink would, but it still is like part of that brand exposure, that content exposure, and that's how you're going to get that piece out there. I would also say, make sure you're posting your content on your Google My Business page because that shows up right on Google page one. <laughs> All right, note to self, go and do that quickly after this call. Um, so post that- on Google My Business, unless they've changed it, uh, it lasts for seven days. But that if you, but that work that into your content calendar, post something every seven days, but it shows up right on Google. Yeah, I need to go and do that now. Um, that's good. <laughs> so, so before we wrap up then, what's the best piece of advice you can give to a small business that's really trying to build their exposure and build, you know, the traffic that's going to their website. Be consistent, be present. It takes work. Set your expectations. Um, This is not going to happen overnight. It can take 
a year. I mean, it takes time, but it's a long-term investment, just like getting in shape or switching your diet. Like it does not happen overnight. You're going to have ups and downs. You're going to, you're going to run into algorithm shifts. You're going to run into new competitors. You're going to run into who the heck knows pandemic number two. We have no idea. Like you're, we're going to run into something. So just be consistent, be structured. I'm a very structured and planning person. And that has worked to my advantage when I was doing SEO for small businesses, because you don't have a lot of time, you are needing to run a small business and pay the bills. Um, but if you, you know, carve out time for your website and your social media throughout your day, then it becomes part of your business strategy. And that's how you should really be thinking about this too, is it's a business strategy outside of marketing. Um, cause I think sometimes marketing gets like, you know, it's the first budget that you cut or something, but really SEO and social media are essential to successful businesses in this day and age. They just are. And so you need to be dedicating that kind of time to, to that, uh, in, in a serious way. It's, it's a serious matter, but, um, yeah, start, I will say start with a tool like SEMrush too. It can evaluate your site and it can kind of give you a, a first iteration of a to-do list if you're not sure what else needs to be improved on your site. And, and you can do that with our free uh, account. You don't need to have a paid subscription to get access to our site audit tool and start there. You know, just start somewhere. Just come up with a plan and start there. And it's overwhelming, but tackle one one thing a day and you'll get there. I couldn't agree more. Consistency, you said at the very beginning of this. Um yeah. I don't care what it is. Exactly. I don't care what it is that you're trying in life. And we sort of said this at the beginning, it takes work, it takes effort and it takes that consistency. Keep trying to do it. Uh, And like you said, we all have ups and downs. I'm the first to put my hands up and say nowhere near perfect on any aspect of anything I do. But, um, but again, we're always constantly looking to go back and plan. Uh, I did an episode recently, literally, we call it two weeks ahead internally. Like it's two WA. Are we two WA for this client? Are we two WA for that client? Because we Mm -hmm. should always be two weeks ahead. Uh, And if you implement that into your own business, especially as a small business, like you said, it becomes part of the way you run your business. And actually there's always content going out. There's always new content being created. It's all happening and it's all happening without the stress of, oh crap, what am I going to post today? And you grab your phone and try and come up with an idea. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work and it's not a great way of doing it. Right. And I I think that honestly is one of the biggest hurdles for small businesses is working it into the day-to-day, working it into how you run your business. And it really needs to be. Um, It really has to be part of the whole shebang on a daily basis. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I agree. Like social media isn't a marketing nice to have. It's basically, you know, it's the first place most people will go to try and connect with you to complain about something. If they're having an issue with a product or a service, it's also the one place where you can publicly address issues quite quickly and easily and hopefully resolve them nicely. It's also a great place to talk to potential customers to find out what other people are struggling with to understand and learn more about other competitors, whatever, like it's, it's got a hundred use cases. And I think that's where it gets a bad rap on occasion. Depends on the day. (laughs) Have fun with it. Like if you want a brand identity, like just have fun and be yourself. (laughs) That's a really good idea actually as well. Like that, I agree with a hundred percent, always just be yourself and not the version of yourself that you think people want to see. Just be you. And it's fine. You won't be right for everybody, but that's okay. Uh, And that's actually what you're looking for. Unless you're boring. Don't be boring. 
vanilla. <laughs> if you're too vanilla or boring, then that's what ends up happening. You don't make any uh, opinions. People don't necessarily agree or disagree with you, but no one takes any action either way. So that's the shame. <laughs> right, Diana, where can people find you online on the socials uh, and come over and tell you a joke or something to, uh, to, to lighten it up and make social media more fun? Well, you can find Semrush on all social handles uh, with Semrush, S-E-M-R-U-S-H. We're everywhere. Um, I am on, I'm mostly talking about SEO on LinkedIn and Twitter. And if you can search by my name or my Twitter handle is DianaRich013 because 13 is my lucky number. And you'll know it's me on LinkedIn because I have a wine glass next to my name. <laughs> is that a usual feature? Yes. I love wine. So my DMs are open on Twitter. So if you want to talk wine instead of SEO, I'm okay with that too. <laughs> that sounds like more fun. Um, thank you so much, SEO Diana. SEO is fun. <laughs> with wine. SEO over wine. I'll wine give you that one. and SEO. <laughs> that sounds like a new podcast we should start. That sounds like okay. a great idea. I'm totally right. in S- for that. <laughs> SEO and wine. That's it. Perfect uh, combination. Diana, thank you so much for uh, for coming on the show today. Thank you, Chris. I had a great time. The All About Digital Marketing podcast is brought to you by Social Inc., a distributed digital marketing agency specialized in delivering results through online campaigns. Whether it's content marketing, social media marketing, online advertising, or web design, we've got you covered from strategy through to delivery. If you're struggling with your digital marketing, get in touch today by simply visiting www.socialinc.com socialinc.co